It's just a few days before Thanksgiving, but there's a good chance your holidays are already underway and that you are hosting or attending a Friendsgiving. Happy Friendsgiving! <laughs> Guys, let's go around and share what we're grateful for. I'll start. This is the increasingly widespread alt-holiday meal and gathering right around Thanksgiving where we can eat and drink and bask in the glow of our closest friends, our so-called chosen family, if you will. Friendsgiving is enough of a thing now that this past weekend, the White House branded a holiday dinner that President Biden shared with troops as a Friendsgiving. The general idea is that spending time with friends should be a balm to any buildup of holiday stress, right? At least that's what it's supposed to be. Every time I'm in one with a group of like 10 to 12 people, it inevitably goes to The food was not ready. When you host and you cook for your guests, there was not even a peep to eat. <laughs> grateful that your boyfriend is my ex-boyfriend. Yay, let's eat! Consider this. It turns out that there can be just as much stress within our social circles as within our families. And on a holiday designed to bring people together, a lot of drama ends up on the table. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Scott Detrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Home Shield. In today's market, you may decide to make your current house home sweet home for a bit longer. But are your aging appliances in it for the long haul, too? With American Home Shield, protect what you don't expect, like a leaky faucet or faulty water heaters. Go to ahs.com slash consider to save $50. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. It's Consider This from NPR. So you're on your way to a Friendsgiving, or you might even be hosting one. How do you avoid unneeded stress and make it a truly enjoyable holiday as it should be? We wanted to get the best advice, so we called Danielle Byard-Jackson. She's a friendship coach and host of the podcast Friend Forward. Hey, Danielle. Hello, how are you? Is it fair to say that most people think about relationships with friends as, generally speaking, being less stressful than relationships with family? They do, and the research does, you know, support that. Having friendships does offer a certain kind of ease that we might not get from our familial or professional relationships, so that makes sense. Do you think that that there is something to the fact that gathering with, with your closest friends does have its stress points as well, does have its dynamics as well sometimes? Oh, sure. You know, having friends is not a guarantee that we're not going to experience stress, right? Any relationship offers some sense of stress, but I think anytime we're trying to host something, we're bringing people together during a specific time, I think it comes with certain natural stressors. Let's do some practical advice here if that works for you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's think about somebody who's hosting one of these events. They made their guest list. They've sent out the invites. What are some ways to make their friends feel calm and welcome and happy? And I think just as importantly, what are some ways that you as the host 
can let yourself relax and actually enjoy your gathering. So yeah, it's very important that people feel welcome when they attend. We want them to feel comfortable. We want them to feel like they have permission to eat and to talk and to move about freely. When they arrive at the door, is someone there to say, you know, hey, welcome, and to begin helping them facilitate connections with other attendees. So what can you prep beforehand to make you more available to engage with your guests and to reduce the stress that you have of flittering about uh, once the event is underway. Another thing you can do, depending on the size of the event, is are there any things you can do prior to to help people connect before they arrive? So if you're having you know, a small gathering of four to five people, can you put them in a WhatsApp group and have them start sharing funny memes or having them share what they're going to contribute if you're doing it potluck style to get people comfortable and, and building some kind of rapport before they arrive? And then you know, it also helps sometimes too, and this might sound a little counterintuitive because we want to be chill hosts. We want to go with the flow. But it's sometimes helpful to have structure and to have a firm duration, which I know feels like we're being uptight, but sometimes it eases (laughs) our anxiety if we know that, hey, this is a a two and a half hour event. Or if we know that, hey, we're having dinner at this time and then we're going to play a game, you know, and then we're going to, you know, have a warm exit. I really appreciate you saying that because when I host people, often I am the first one to get tired and ready to end the night. <laughs> and it's awkward and hard to say like, okay, that's great. I want to go to sleep now. Yes, you know? yes. I feel that so much. And again, I know sometimes we're like, oh, I, people are adults. I'll let them do their thing. But people actually take comfort in knowing there's some kind of program. There's some kind of you know plan. Um, and they can just trust you to establish that. And they can relax and follow along. Another big possible tension point, And this is something that does have a lot of overlap with traditional family gatherings. And that is the fact that you almost certainly like your friends, right? Because that's why they're your friends. But maybe you don't like your friend's friend. Maybe you don't like your friend's new boyfriend or girlfriend. What are some general tips to help you steal yourself to get along with this person that you just don't click with? Well, first of all, this is where having that tight duration for the event comes in handy because you don't have to deal with that all day if they're people who are kind of ridiculous. But it might be nice to set expectations. So if you know that somebody has a certain personality type, um, if you know you have somebody who dominates the conversation, well, how can you front load the experience by perhaps having, you know, conversation cards at dinner and everybody pulls a card and answers their question. Um, and then also, you know, it's, it's tricky sometimes because whenever you're hosting something, that's where some etiquette things come into play as well, because let's say that you don't like your friend's boyfriend, but that person is a guest in your home, you know, kind of balancing the expectations between I'm hanging with friends and I'm being a good host and kind of seeing where that line needs to be erected. And now I want to ask about something that is the painful side of this. What if you don't have to prep for going to or hosting a Friendsgiving because your friends organized a Friendsgiving and you were not invited to it. I mean, that is a universal experience in one way or another that a lot of people deal with at some point. And it stinks around the holidays. Like, what what can you do to make that uh, feel a little bit better? Okay. This is a rough one. I know this is tough. You know, being rejected is is painful. The research tells us that, uh, you know, social rejection lights up the same area of our brain as when we are, you know, physically harmed. But I have a couple thoughts on this. The first is be careful of the meaning and intention you often assign to that. Because I see people going into thought processes like they're not my real friends or I guess they don't like me. And we really internalize that. We kind of extrapolate. You know, when people make invitations, sometimes they're limited as to how many people 
people they can invite. Sometimes they assume you wouldn't be interested. Sometimes they assume you already have plans because you look like a really social person. Um, sometimes it's for a certain group. So maybe they're hosting Friendsgiving for their other couple friends or their church friends. And so there are a lot of other things at play whenever people are hosting a gathering. And so be very careful about personalizing it or assuming that, you know, it reveals these people's true feelings about you as a mm-hmm. friend. So that's that's the first thing because I, I don't want us to end those friendships or to feel badly about ourselves because we weren't invited. The second thing to keep in mind is, you know, you be a connector. You know, if you see other people hosting things and you're sitting kind of passively waiting for somebody to to bring you in, sure, that feels very good and and very affirming, right, to, to have that invitation. But can you feel empowered to be the connector? Can you host a small gathering for others who you know might be long distance from family and they can't afford to see them? Or coworkers who seem kind of cool and maybe you guys have never explored friendship territory, but you know that they're good company. So how can you take matters into your own hands and figure out ways that you can bring people to your table? What if, and this is hypothetical, what if your very good friends have invited you to a Friendsgiving, but they scheduled it at the exact time that your radio show starts and it's happening right now (laughs) as the segment is airing. (laughs) I don't know who that could happen to, but a very specific piece of advice I thought you might be able to help me with. Yeah, so great hypothetical question here. If you have people who invite you and you can't make it or it conflicts with another time, there are ways to be involved even though you can't show up. So one, ask them how long it's going to be and can you show up for a portion of it instead of the full thing and give them a heads up. Hey, I can't make it, but you know when are things wrapping up? I want to make sure I can at least pop in and say hello. Or can you do something where you send a gift or you send a dish on your behalf? I mean, and depending on who's there, can you be playful? Can you you know send a video that you ask them to play at the table so it feels like you're there. So people just want to know that you appreciate them and you see them. So if you're unable to attend, what is a gesture that you can offer that shows that you care and you appreciate the invite? I'll pass that along to the person I know dealing with that particular (laughs) challenge. I mean, overall, do you see this Friendsgiving trend as a positive thing or something that's just kind of creating one more hurdle in the holiday gauntlet? I... I love the idea of Friendsgiving so much because in this ongoing conversation around chosen family, I think it helps us to deconstruct certain ideas we have of what the holidays ought to look like. You know, you could even erase the hard lines. I'm thinking back. One thing my, my parents always did when I was little was they they would invite the person who who didn't have family nearby or, you know, for one reason or another was going to be by themselves. And kind of this mash of friends and family was always some of the, the holidays that I I remember the most fondly. Yeah. And I and again, I think that it's so helpful to kind of expand your idea of what Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving can look like. Anybody whose company you enjoy, the relationship offers value to your life. This is a, a moment to have a market occasion to sit them down, to feed them, which is a very intimate thing. And to say, you know, I value you and to make, you know, these connections around the holidays. And so I think as we have these conversations around what chosen family is, um, Friendsgiving becomes something that I know a lot of us are really looking forward to. Are you going to any? I'm going to two. Yes. Thank okay. you very much. Are you bringing a dish or what's your plan here? I am totally bringing a dish. My mom always raised me. You don't show up with empty hands. So, and also to feel like I'm, I'm contributing and it's my way of saying thank you. So I'm all about Friendsgiving. That is friendship coach, Danielle Byer Jackson, who's bringing a dish to Friendsgiving. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you for having me. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Scott Detrow. 
At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. From an Iraq war cover-up to towns ravaged by opioids to the roots of our modern immigration crisis, Embedded explores what's been sealed off and undisclosed. NPR's original investigative podcast reveals why these stories and the people behind them matter. Listen to the Embedded Podcast, only from NPR.